Welcome back to the Dad Chronicle. I'm your host, I'm Alex Albisu. This is episode 29. As always, you can go back and listen to other stories of fatherhood by visiting thedadchronicle.com. Today's guest is Stephen Story. Stephen and I used to work together um, in a variety of different ways. Um, at one point, I was his customer, and then we were colleagues, um, and we've been staying in touch ever since. Uh, Stephen, welcome to the show. Thanks, Alex. Um, I'm excited to be on the show. Well, you know, Stephen is a fantastic example of a father, and we're going to get into that a little bit. Uh, before we do, Stephen, do you want to just kind of introduce yourself to the audience, a little bit about you and uh, your family? You bet. You bet. Yes. Um, I, um, I've been married for seven years now, and we have two little ones. We have a, um, my son is six, and my daughter will be three in July. Very cool. What are their names? Max and um, Lulu. We we call her Lulu for short. Her name's actually Louisa. But oh, we, beautiful. We, we liked Lulu. So I love Lulu. I love that name. Yeah. When you when you told me you named her that, I was like, oh, that is just adorable. Yeah, it's part of the part of the fun part of the process of of having kids. A little bit is just kind of sorting through the whole name game and figuring out what what what's what might fit and and. Uh, we were fortunate that we didn't struggle too badly in coming to um, some some names that we once we got to like Maximilian, this is his full name, Maximilian Joseph Story. We we knew we we had a winner, and then uh, Louisa and Lulu for short. We knew we had a, a keeper with that, so that wasn't too sticky for us. And where did those names come from? Are those family names or what? So Maximilian is named after Saint Maximilian Kolbe, um, who is one of our uh, favorite saints. He um, was a Catholic priest in um, in Poland, and he had a uh, and we're Catholic, so we, we, you know he actually you know this is during um, World War II. He became a prisoner. He um, he's he's actually accomplished quite a bit before becoming a prisoner, but. Um, he uh, he ended up dying. Um, he took the life of he took the place of another man. They they someone had gotten in trouble and they were they were in a prison camp and they were going to execute a certain man. Uh, Maximilian Colby knew that this man had a family. He said, "I will take his place," and um, he ended up dying uh, instead of that man. So, oh wow! Um, that's that's how he he um, that's how he ended his life. But he had a he's a very very um, compelling and, and and heroic life leading up to that point in time so um so we we love him as a saint and we thought it'd be uh, a great name for our son and then um louisa we um the way we came up with that name we our son max when he was younger he used to love walking around after church walking around to visit the different statues and stained glass windows and learn who the saints were and it's kind of a neat part of that you know that two or three four year old age is just the curiosity and and just being you know you know kind of in awe of of those things that you might see in church that are really striking yeah and one of the saints one of the statues is um saint louis de montfort and um he's very well known for his devotion um to to the blessed mother to the mother of of jesus um and i you know not ironically but coincidentally um St. Maximilian Colby also is known for a very, very uh, strong devotion um, to Blessed Mother. So we got to St. Louis. We'd passed the saint many times over. And, and I, I, I can't remember if it was my son. I think I, think I kind of leaned over to my wife. I said, 
Lewis, what, what, what do you think about Louisa? Just, you know, and, um, so we kind of played around with that and, 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 um, liked it and then my wife i think my wife thought well what if we called her lulu for short and i thought well that's that's the cutest name yeah <laughs> let's that do is, that that's just adorable yeah. <laughs> so yeah, yeah absolutely yeah. that solidifies it yeah. um very cool man yeah we we went with aria because we were actually choosing between two different names um it was between aria and cecilia and we were thinking Cecilia because of actually of St. Cecilia, same sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So we were in Rome. Um, actually, if you go back and listen to episode one of this show, you'll kind of hear we had a whole experience in the Vatican um, as we were like prepping for the idea of having kids. And it was actually a really kind of profound experience. And, and uh, you know, as a Catholic, you kind of have those every once in a while. And mm-hmm. when we were in rome we passed uh the the uh, i don't think it's like the it's not a cathedral but it was like the church of saint cecilia and um deanna as we were walking by i was like oh that's the church of saint i love that name i wonder if we have kids like i wonder if we should name our daughter cecilia and Mm -hmm. and deanna was like actually that is my um that's my confirmation name and so it just kind of had like a variety Uh, of meanings there but we ended up going with aria um for almost a complete opposite end of the spectrum it well i mean in in a lot of ways you know religion and and music kind of go hand in hand and Mm -hmm. that's uh i actually have a tattoo on my left arm with with that meaning but i uh but you know Arya is a musical term. It's also she's a she's a badass little girl in Game of Thrones, um, and, <laughs> and it just a lot of different things. So we ended up going with that. But Cecilia was a very close second. I think it's very funny that we kind of had a similarity there. Yeah. Um, yep. Now you know I, I always like to ask dads who end up on this show what sort of inspiration your father had on you and, and the way that you approach parenting. Can you tell me about your dad? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, um, when I think of my dad, I, 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 uh, I feel very grateful. He was a very good example in so many ways of, of a loving, um, husband, um, um, to my mother and then also a father to us. Um, and he just, there's many different examples that he set for us. Um, we have a lot of similarities, my dad and I, but there's, there's a lot of qualities that I, that he has that I wish I had to try to emulate. Um, and I think some of those qualities would be he has a he has a calming presence, and I tend to be I, I can get amped up and be very quick to get fired up. Um, you don't say. So he's, yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> and uh, he, he uh, so he has a calming presence. Um, he is um, he's measured with his words, so he is thoughtful about you know if he's going to need to say something important or te- te- you know, a teaching moment, he, he wouldn't rush into it. He would, um, he'd wait for a later time and then sit us down and, and kind of talk us through, um, you know, what, what, what he thought, he, you know, we needed to understand and, and, and why. And I think that was something that I learned growing up that my parents both really felt it was important that we understood not just what what their rules were or you know what we were allowed to do but why and it it really did um i you know i think a lot i think kids naturally also want to, at some point they want to know why um they want to understand what the thinking because naturally 
as children, we, we um, especially as we get older, we, we feel like we're squared away and we know what's right and wrong. And, and if our parents um, have, you know, implement rules or restrictions, I think the first reaction oftentimes is, don't you trust us? Mm-hmm. And, um, and so I learned from, from my father and I also just kind of observed how other children were raised, other my friends were raised. And, um, and I didn't, you know, I noticed that they just, they weren't having the same kind of conversations with their parents or with their father. Um, and they were making maybe a lot of mistakes that I easily could have made and, and likely would have made if my, if my parents had, um, had, you know, um, I guess maybe not, uh, if my parents were maybe more laid back, if you will. Um, but, but, you know, I think in, in many ways they, they took us a, a much stronger interest in our well-being and our happiness and, um, and wanted us to be, to be happy and, and have a, you know, a very fun childhood, mm-hmm. but they didn't want us to have unnecessary regrets and, um, yeah, either. So I think of my dad as being a very good kind of, uh, lead by example, use words when necessary type of guy. Um, you know, I wanted to actually yeah. ask you something about, so you touched on a, a really, uh, important thing, I think in our role as fathers. And I think it's those teaching moments. Mm-hmm. What sort of way did he so so first of all you noticed because you've called it out you you said that he's but he was very he's very careful with his words he knows how to communicate effectively these teaching moments Mm -hmm. can you give an example of what specifically maybe he, he does to make that really effective yeah well um you know i think he well i actually know this he would actually pray before, if it was something import, very important and very serious, especially as his, so he raised with my mother. He raised five boys and a girl. Wow! And so you know, and and, and four of us were kind of bunched up together. So um, there was, you know, there was no <laughs> no shortage of his patience being tested, um, just with the chaos of 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 boys fighting and arguing and playing sports and all, all the things that could happen. So. Um, so, uh, um, he, uh, you know, but as, as we got older, you know, there was more serious conversations that needed to take place. Um, and, um, so I know that he actually would pray, um, to prepare. Uh, I know that because I could see him, you know, um, with his rosary or, um, I know that uh, at some point he, um, decided that he would, uh, our parish, and this is very common, I think, I mean, this is more, our parish had a, a, what they call a perpetual adoration chapel. So a chapel that was always open 24 hours a day, um, but always had different parishioners committed to coming in for an hour. Um, and, um, and so he did that like 11 o'clock on Monday nights. And I know that, um, he faithfully did that, um, during my childhood, he would just, you know, he, he would uh, stay up late and later than he would otherwise and get home late and just make that sacrifice. But I know that he was doing that. Part of the reason why he would do that is that he would, um, uh, um, so he could prepare for the challenges of, of, of being a better husband and better father. Mm-hmm. And he knew that he needed to spend that time in prayer and quiet um, to prepare for the for the upcoming challenges or the the struggles 
that any father, any husband faces as they are, as they are, you know, trying to trying to do their best. So I know that he prepared through prayer. I know he had a devotion to the Blessed Mother as well. Um, <clears throat> and, um, and I, like I said, he wouldn't just jump in the, jump into teaching moments. He, he would wait. And I recognized that as I got older as well, I recognized that he, he would let things simmer and then he would sit down and say, I, you know, he, Hey, I want to have a conversation with you, you know, pull me aside. Um, and, um, as needed, just sort of have that kind of man to man, even though it's a very, very young man conversation mm-hmm. and say, Hey, listen, I think. I don't think this is going to be a good idea for you to go to this party or, you know, or to stay over, you know, under these circumstances um, at this, at this, at your friend's house. You know, from what you've told me, there's, there's going to be some things going on there that I think while I trust you, I don't, I can't really trust that the people you're going to be with are going to be making good decisions. Um, And, uh, you know, I, you know, I remember that one standing out just sort of like, you know me like i'm like yeah. dad you know me you know and he said yes i do know you and he said this is not an easy decision because i i do want you to know that i i trust you um but at the same time you know i'm here as your father and i i've i've you know i've i've lived life longer and i it's my responsibility to to use my judgment in having a broader experience of, you know, things that I've learned and things that I've observed and mistakes that I've seen or I've made. And it's my responsibility to sort of, you know, find, find that right balance of allowing you your freedom and giving you responsibility, but also, um, drawing a line somewhere. Yeah. That, that is such a, that is such a hard thing to do as a parent. Mm -hmm. And and I, and I'm saying this with very limited experience and more so from the recipient of that end as well. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, I mean, your parents, you know, looking back on it, 15 years ago it's like they they didn't want to say no they just they do it out of the pure love that they have for your well-being and and for you um as their child so that's totally i i totally respect that a lot more kind of looking back at this um and and i want to kind of shift some focus and attention to your kids a little bit so Mm -hmm. um why don't we talk a little bit about Max and and what sort of kid he is, I, and I'd like to know a little bit more about your daughter and and their relationship as well. Sure, yeah. Max is, um, gosh, he's a he's amazing to me. Be, um, he has so many natural gifts that I just don't have, and they're, they, I think they're coming straight from my wife. One of them stands out. He's <laughs> very, he's so observed, so aware of other people's emotions. And he has been since I can remember. And he's very affected by how other people are doing emotionally. So if mm-hmm. someone appears to have a sad face, uh, whether it be in person or a picture ever, he, he wants to know, was that person sad? Why is that person sad? Um, and as he's gotten older, he's, he's able to articulate much, much more, you know, what's going on um, that he's observing. So, so if he detects that I am upset with him he won't just he won't just act like he 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 actually will verbalize it he'll actually say you know dad i don't want you to be upset with me and i'm like holy cow this is a five-year-old like stating that or that's mature yeah it's 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 an interesting thing i'm like i I don't know if i can readily you know formulate you know what's going on emotionally with me and and express that you know as well as he got and he's as a five or six year old so he's he's very very aware 
uh, of others and very aware emotionally, and he's very affected. So I had so it 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 really causes me to uh, it's a very big challenge for me because I have to work so hard on not blowing my top, on being patient, on modeling to him how to deal with frustration yeah. or anger or impatience or how to behave when you're tired. And that's the thing about fatherhood that or being a parent that's really just constantly, I've just, this, this constantly reminded, I'm like, oh my gosh, like uh, the responsibility that you have to be the model to your child of what things should look like when things are hard. And if I don't, he's guess guess what you know guess what guess what he's going to learn from? he's going to learn from me and he does learn from me from my from my mistakes and that it's very humbling um, that you you know your children sort of like a mirror they kind of hold up and, and to you and they remind you can see uh, how you're behaving how you, your what words you're using or the tone you're choosing and if if that's not done well um, not only are you not effect, am I not effective in in helping Max. Um, I'm actually showing him a, a poor example that he's likely to use and does use. So it's very, very challenging. And it's like, man, I really I want to be better. My wife's right. I'm blessed. My wife's very, very good with him. And I just, I try and I speak with her and she coaches me, but I, I try to really take um, from her example, how to work with Max so that we have a productive you know, relationship when things get tough. Yeah. You know, I think about the situations where parents are in a road rage situation, you know, like the worst situation is like when your kid is in the backseat and you're getting really mad because this person cuts you off and you yell, you know, mm. F word, S word and this and this mm. and that. And then your kid starts saying it. I mean, too <laughs> often does that happen to, to parents where all of a sudden they're like, Oh yeah, that's kind of what I sound like, right? I should. It, yeah. It's a good reminder that yeah, you know, I should probably tone it down a little bit. Um, I was yeah. talking to so uh, so Deanna and I take Aria to swim class every Saturday, and I was talking to a parent there, and she she actually she dropped something on the ground, and her son just says the s word, and she goes, "Ah, he's been saying that ever since I said it in front of him in traffic," and I was. <laughs> And I, it just made me laugh because it just it emphasizes these parents like or, you know, these kids, they, yeah. they realize everything their parents do. So I think that's really fascinating that's... that Max is so observant yeah. in general uh, of mm -hmm. everything. Do you think it, are you like that? Is your wife like that? No, that's much more share. I mean, much more Sharon than me in terms of really reading other people very quickly and accurately and then being able to um articulate um what's going on wow. or what's or what need what 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 what's needed and so like it's it, it, you know it also kind of you know just like working with trying to be a good dad with max is like a lot of times I, as i'm like rebuking him or something you know or trying to teach him even even if you know or, or uh, you know I, sometimes i go gosh I'm I'm very lucky that, you know, our Lord has far more patience with me than, <laughs> than than I have with Max. Like like you know he's he's a child and and I'm I'm an adult and I know our Lord has so much more patience and mercy. So how can I, like, <laughs> again, uh, you know, how can I model more of that with Max? So <laughs> so it, it it's just sort of like you know it's getting really humbling. It's like it is yeah. 
trying to reset your expectations as to how to how to help uh, how to help your children, um, but also be much more you know patient, um, like like our Lord is with us and our mistakes and our our you know shortcomings. Right, and, and I you know just on the topic of of patience and and being faithful to you know what we have in our lives. I think I, I want to talk a little bit about your daughter. Um, mm-hmm. Can you tell us a little bit about Lulu? Sure, sure. And 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 uh, so yeah, so she's she'll be three in July. She is our little angel. She was born with Down syndrome, um, and and to our surprise, so that was that was not um, that was not detected. In fact, with Max, we didn't do any of the of the when he when Sharon was pregnant with Max, there we didn't do any of the tests that would sort of give you the indicators or the markers. With Lulu, we decided to. We just said, oh, might as well just you know be prepared if if we need to and so forth. Uh, and and the results came back like one in six thousand or something like that, like so 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 low um, that the doctor you just we moved right along, um, uh, and so uh, so you know time for for Lulu to come and she's born and and um, you know we notice immediately that the, the, the nurses, um, are, have kind of taken her off to the side on a table and are sort of like, you know, sort of checking her out extra. Um, and, um, and, you know, so I'll try to tell this quickly, but so we, we, we could tell that, that something was, something wasn't quite right, but they, no, no one was acting nervous or, or anything like that. Um, but they were doing it for quite a bit of time. They're checking her arms and they're, they're, they're checking her legs and they're really examining her. And, um, and, um, but meanwhile, everything was calm. We could kind of see them. Okay. Something is got their attention about Lulu and, um, another, uh, they say that they're going to send in a, a, another doctor, um, from the IC. I think he's from the ICU. I'm going to get this wrong. And so he spoke to us and it was, it was very, <laughs> Bless his heart. I mean, I think he was nervous as all get out because he didn't know how to deliver the the news, if you will. Mm-hmm. But um, he what he tried to do is try to tell us that Lulu had several markers of of having Down syndrome, and that it wasn't he could not confirm until it was she went through some tests, but that that there was so many markers that it, they were very they're very sure and a lot you know kind of like you know hey did you did you, were you aware that she was, that, you know, was there any indication? Are you prepared? Uh, you know, is this a surprise to you? Cause I think again, and, and the nurses are just sort of who had been super wonderful, you know, leading up to the birth and then through the birth and after the birth, um, they're just waiting patiently for him to kind of clumsily kind of navigate this, 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 this conversation, um, that took quite some time. And to be honest with you, when he was done, we were both like, can you, tell us what you're trying to say because <laughs> he just sort of danced around like different conditions of the heart and the stomach and this and that and this other thing. And we're, we're trying to like, Oh, are you trying to say that she has down syndrome? And he said, yes. Said, oh, okay. Um, and so we said, well, you know, that's, you know, okay. That's what, you know, just let us know what you need to do next. You know, what's the next test we need to do or what have yeah. you. So, um, and anyhow, um, we, we, you know, we, we, it was a surprise to us. But at the same time, maybe because we were, we had known other families with children with Down syndrome, um, and there was not any known immediate urgent um, health concerns at that moment. Okay. Um, we, we we weren't, you know, 
we weren't alarmed. But I think the poor nurses and the doctor did not, that was hard news for them to deliver, and they didn't necessarily anticipate how we would respond. Um, we responded positively, the doctor left, then the nurses sort of like took a big, huge sigh, and they were like started to get really kind of excited about the fact that we were perfectly happy with Lulu having this, this you know, having Down syndrome. And, um, um, and so they started to tell us all these stories about, you know, how far people have come in the last 20 years and how much we know now versus yeah. what we knew then. And uh, they were relating lots of stories and they were just so happy and just so supportive. Um, and so that was, that was like a, you know, my, I'm sure I'm leaving out lots of interesting things. My wife would be uh, able to tell a better story, but that was, you know, I was just thinking to myself, we'll be fine. Like we're going to be fine that, 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 you know, um, we can get through this. Um, and so, you know, I remember my, you know, at some point my wife sort of just sort of like it settles in. She's obviously ex ex beyond exhausted as any mother is after you know, child childbirth. And, and I think at one point she just sort of said, well, what, you know, I, you know, she's a planner. She's a, she's a, she's a mom. Moms are, moms are, moms are, you know, way ahead in terms of anticipating needs of the family and the children. And, right. and she couldn't prepare for this. And I think that was part of God's plan is that he didn't want us to spend time for us to, to worry or fret. And, and, um, and so I said, you know, you know, we're going to be fine. We'll, we'll get through this. And it has been, um, an amazing, you know, two and a half, three year run, um, the first year was, 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 was definitely medically challenging. She, yeah. um, so she did have some challenges that were, that required hospitalizations and mm -hmm. she has two holes in her heart, one pretty small and the other one a bit bigger, but not so big that they needed to, they were worried about anything at that particular moment in time. But what that, that extra hole in her heart means for her is that blood doesn't, properly flow um the way it's supposed to all the way and so it, part of her heart has uh, part of her lung i mean her lungs actually end up having um an extra amount of of blood which means extra amount of moisture uh, and fluid um in her lungs and so in the winter time that means it's much easier for her to have respiratory issues catch be ill and it's much, much, much harder for her to fight those because of, of her lungs remaining with that extra, um, extra moisture, um, and blood in there. So, um, and so she was hospital. So she will, she, let's see, actually before, let me see what happened first in the order of, so first I think what happened was she was diagnosed with seizures. She was having, she was, she was making these movements that my wife knew and, and moms just, moms are something else because she my wife yeah. just knew immediately that there was something wrong right um and um we had her we took her to our doctor our doctor you know didn't really there was no red flags um my wife kept looking into it um we kind of we both started researching and we and we she's taking videos and um we came across um other children with Down syndrome having this very, very specialized, this very, very rare seizure condition um, that once your child's been having these seizures, they stop um, progressing from a milestone perspective. In fact, mm -hmm. in fact, they regress. And if, if the seizures aren't treated uh, in a timely fashion, that can be a permanent scenario. It can be very, very serious. Um, and so 
um, that was a nerve wracking time because it was this, this, these, these, she was having these seizures for several days mm-hmm. and, um, you know, we didn't, it was, again, it was not easily diagnosed and it took extra effort and extra appointments. And we actually, um, once we were directed to a specialist, you know, these, it can be, oh yes, we will have an opening in six weeks. We're like, Ugh. we don't have six weeks. And I said, I'll just keep calling every day then and make multiple calls a day. And hopefully we'll have a cancellation. Like the next day, someone canceled. So we really? got in like the next day wow. or something like that. Yeah. And then, you know, they go in and they say, yes, she has this condition. Um, they do the tests, the brain scans, they can see what's going on. And typically it takes, gosh, I wish I could recount recounts, but typically it takes like several weeks then to schedule the next appointment. But as Sharon was checking out, um, someone had just canceled and they were able to schedule her, I think even that day for the next, for the next appointment. So they kind of, we kind of went from like a, this is going to take six to, you know, 10 weeks, norm, you know, with normal scheduling timelines, we were like fast tracked. Um, we believe through, you know, prayer, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, that, 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 you know, one appointment was accelerated after another, after another, and, um, she was able to get the treatment she needed. And, um, um, and so, um, that stopped the seizures, and, um, um, but it changed her, it changed her quite a bit. You know, she, she, again, she stopped smiling. She stopped communicating. Um, she regressed in terms of, um, movement and milestones and communi- you know, so wow. she was about six months old at the time. And, um, and then she, then she came down with RSV. Um, and so that led to her not only being on her seizure medication, but also being hospitalized and again, because of, of her heart condition uh, affecting her lungs, it was just extremely difficult for her to battle this and also with a weakened immune system because of the medication. With, with, with. So um, she and Sharon were in the hospital for 10, you know, Sharon stayed with her for 10 straight days. Um, oh and it was gosh. very taxing, you know, it was very yeah. hard. And um, again, so, moms are just, yeah. I mean, how do you, okay, so I mean, right there in the first year of her life, Lulu's yeah. dealing with a lot of challenges. You guys yes. as parents are dealing with a lot of challenges um, yeah. because, you know, it, it takes a lot of patience to raise two kids and, mm-hmm. you know, still be able to focus on Max. And then here's mm-hmm. Lulu having these issues. Yeah. How do you I, I like how do you deal with that? Yeah, it was uh it was a hard, it was a hard stretch. Max knew, so it was hard just adjusting to the second child with Max. Max, you know, that was hard for him, and he was his behavior was 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 regressing, and and um, and then um, when she was hospital, when she got the seizures and then the hospitalization, mm-hmm. he knew. I mean, he knew things were not right, and he could sense the tension. Um, and obviously, mom wasn't there for like ten days. Um, so we had support, we had, you know, some family support, um, that would help us. We, um, we prayed, we, we, you know, we had a lot of, you know, I remember, you know, Windsor being extremely supportive, our, our boss at the time. Mm-hmm. So she was like, take all the time you need. So we, 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 you know, Sharon's boss was extremely, extremely supportive and, you know, having that and again, the family, um, you know, fam, family support. Um, but I, you know, I think it was, it's just, you, you, you know, you, I think you're much more capable um, of dealing with c- circumstances that you're dealt than you than you realize. I think a lot of times we psych ourselves out with what our capabilities or limitations are. Yeah. So, you know, it's almost like you, you 
don't, you know, it's, we're, it's better that we don't know what's happening tomorrow. It's better that we don't know what's happening down the road. Um, we, we will be able to deal with those challenges um, when the time comes. And so, um, but, but looking back, it was a very difficult time for Lulu. And Lulu was just like, just fearless. Just, she didn't cry once. I mean, and, and, you know, this is with, I don't know how many times she was, you know, blood was drawn and needles were inserted and, and things are being plugged in and plugged out and the lack of rest and, and, and Sharon will tell you, she's, I mean, it's just, uh, you know, Lulu did not cry. And the nurses and the doctors were just in awe of how tough she was and what a good little girl she was. So, um, I think that was extremely, you know, obviously a blessing. Um, yeah. But yeah, we just, uh, I, you know, it, it was, it, it was hard and I, um, but it could have been a lot worse. You know, there's yeah. always, there, there, you know, we were in the ICU, in the ICU. To be honest with you, the nurses, the, the, you know, you kind of like, can you guys be a little more, you know, a little more, uh, I don't know, like, I don't know, attentive. And, and I think they, they were like, you know, I think the reason why they, they were as calm as they were with Lulu the whole time, you know, it took us so long for her to recover because typically a, a child will take like, I think they said like two or three days. Um, typically for, you know, they, they give, they give them extra oxygen, um, to help them breathe. And, 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 you know, they have a whole routine that for kids with RSV and that year they said there was just a huge influx of little ones with RSV in the hospital, Really, but it take like a couple days. Mm-hmm. Um, you're in and out basically it was like day four, day five, wasn't it? It's day six, not better. Day seven, not getting better. Like it was a little nerve wracking. Um, but they, uh, you know, on the same floor, there was, they were, they were dealing with, um, more serious situations and more trying. And, um, so there's, there's that as well. And, um, but yeah, you know, I, um, yeah, it was, again, it was, it was, it was hard looking back. It was really hard, but, um, but you um, came out on the other side and, and came out on the other side. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think I, I would, I would venture to guess you're stronger because of it. Yes. Um, Yes, and again, I think that's one of those things where you, you know, you know, so in a couple of weeks she's going to have a heart procedure, and so we're kind of gearing up for that to have her uh, the hole in her heart closed up, and um, you know, and I'm sure there'll be other challenges with with Lulu down the yeah. road, and, and maybe even Max, and you just don't know, you know. And another thing, Alex, is you know, as we as we as we grow up, you know, you just more and more and more people that we know um, go through really difficult things. Far, I know folks that have had far more suffering than, yeah. than you've had with their with their little ones. I mean, just terribly tragic. Yeah, and uh, I think about, like, I've, I've had folks on this show who have lost children, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, God forbid, and mm-hmm. that is probably one of the worst things that anybody could experience. The fact that, you know, you when you weather the storm when you come out on the other end and you're stronger because of it that's where um that's where you really count your blessings and you know i mean the i think i think the theme of of religion here has been very strong um in your mm-hmm. in your parenting style that that's something you and i have in common we're both catholic in fact mm-hmm. we we both went to the same church unknowingly yes, right. uh, for for a little while there mm-hmm. and um can you tell me a little bit about how faith has kind of inspired you as a dad? Yeah. I, you know, so I, um, I have a lot of good examples of, of faithful fathers. Um, mine, uh, my wife's father, I, I admire a lot. He raised, he raised, um, 
nine children and wow. um, the, you know wonderful kids just wonderful siblings to each other very caring very kind um and they've all you know the, the ones who have the older ones who have you know gone through college and gone into the workforce they're all just so um impressive in, in their own their own rights of what they're accomplishing and um i have older i have older brothers i have a brother-in-law they're great examples to me they have five six kids um you know and so i i've met my other men at church you got some catching uh, up to do man all these people with a ton of kids come on i know i know i know so i i observe and i look and i see and i, I just it's, it's very it's very helpful to you know to to have examples i i think it's just we we are social creatures that's what we are so yeah. we need community and and i'm i've been fortunate and blessed to have a lot of um community near you know closer and, and you know outer loops as well of of community where i can observe how observe that in fact fathers are selfless and observe that they are that they try that they they make extra efforts that they get up earlier if they need to or you know do extra work after the kids go down right um they make you know, i just i see it and so i think it's really important because if i was just up to me Again, in my mind, I'm like, I mean, no, I don't have the strength or the energy or the selflessness, and I'll, I'll cut my, you know, I'll just, I'll be limited. I'll just stay comfortable. And um, so, seeing others um, kind of live their faith has been, uh, been very, very um, impactful. You that's know, that's something. We, yeah, that's something that I, I know has been really. Um, powerful in my life too with my father-in-law my dad my uncle mm -hmm. um my uncle's one of those who's he's got seven kids and it's mm. it, it, i'll have to have him on the show at some point yeah oh sorry if you hear the dogs in the background deanna probably just got home um, no, but, yeah so i i think you know what i want to kind of end this this has been a fantastic conversation and, and i really do appreciate you kind of sharing your perspective uh, i'd like to end the show on a note where you know if you could provide any kind of feedback or thoughts that um would help a father maybe struggling in a similar position with a child with special needs um where you know there is certainly extra effort that would need to be involved uh mm -hmm. what would you say to that person listening right now i say number one speak to your speak to your wife um they, unbelievable insight and wisdom that um our wives have in terms of what's needed so make sure you're you're um you're being supportive as supportive as you can to your wife emotionally with you know, being attentive um being interested and in, and in drawing out from them if they have need because their wives sometimes they won't tell they won't tell you what they need they'll just tell you what the kids need but they they, they have needs as well and they're they don't that's the one thing that they're not great at is <laughs> taking care of themselves. Yeah. So, so be close to your wife and, and, and find out where she thinks, um, additional help, could, you know, is needed. Encourage her if she's not already to find support groups. So my wife's found a, a support group with, um, uh, the Down Syndrome Association of Northern Virginia. And as through that, she's met other wonderful families. And I have as well, but she's actually, they actually have like mom's nights regularly. So it's they, oh, cool. they get together. So she's got a support group there. Um, um, and and um, so, you know, I've actually, I've at church, I just haven't, there's just, 
I keep meeting, I keep seeing other families with children with Down syndrome. So I make it a point to go to go reach out and say hello to the fathers. And, and, and I've developed some friendships at church with other dads. Um, and so I s- try to seek out, um, and it, they, it could be a ch- could be a child with any special needs, to be honest with you, because there's there's a lot of un- un- you know universals with 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 those so those challenges. So I I would encourage you to uh, it, you know if you're uh, don't be afraid. Others are others are doing this. Others are doing this well. There's right. there's tremendous resources out there. Um, it's it's an opportunity to to dig deeper into tr- the, you know trust and to make sacrifices. But we know from our own experience that that the greater joys and and love that we can we've ever ever experienced um, always correlate to extra effort, extra sacrifice, extra selflessness. And um, so there's a tremendous opportunity to to um, embrace embrace our children, mm-hmm. all of our children, and um, and um, and to to not be afraid, but to have courage and seek community, seek support. And um, and try things. So you might try A, try this, try that, try the other thing, um, and keep after it. And you're gonna, you know, you're going to um, you're gonna learn a lot. And I think you'll um, you'll find that um, that the scariness of the unknown becomes much more manageable when you're when you're close to your wife and you're and you have a community of support um, that that, you've, yeah. that works for you. Very well said. The, that. That theme of community, um, it, it, when I talk to dads who are in very similar situations, there was a conversation I had with another um, dad. The episode is called Autism Awareness, um, mm-hmm. where we, we talked a bit about that. And, and community is so huge. So um, very well said. Um, and, and Stephen, thanks so much for sharing your story. Uh, would love to continue staying in touch and, and continuing to keep an eye on, on Lulu and Max and uh, and hearing their stories as they grow up. So uh, thanks for being on the show. Awesome. Thanks so much, Alex. Love All what right. you're doing, bud. Yeah, thank you. And uh, again, folks at home, if you would like to go listen to other stories like this one that you've just heard, uh, feel free to visit thedadchronicle.com. Feel free to write in if you'd like to communicate. It is thedadchroniclepodcast at gmail.com. Um, again, our guest is Stephen Story. Stephen, say goodbye to the nice folks at home. Have a good night, everybody. All right, guys. Take care. Thanks. Bye. Thanks. If you like this show, check out more great content at incastmedianetwork.com.